This is Finally Free, a podcast for the chronic dieters, disordered eaters, and fitness junkies. For those sick of battling their bodies, sick of fearing food and the number on the scale, sick of punishing exercise, all in the pursuit of diet culture's version of health and wellness. I'm Alana Vandersloos, an eating disorder recovered intuitive eating coach studying to become a certified intuitive eating counselor and the founder of Freedom with Food and Fitness, an online community where I coach women how to become intuitive eaters and incorporate intuitive movement for true health, mind, body, and spirit. On this podcast, you will hear stories of other women on various parts of their journeys, some who are in recovery, those who are recovered, and those who are helping others to do the same. I'll also teach you ways to quiet that incessant voice in your head telling you you're not enough. I'll show you how to find peace and satisfaction with food again, how to embrace the one and only body you have with joyful movement so you can move through this world with peace and confidence. Are you ready to be finally free? Thank you so much for joining me today. But before we get started, I just want to remind you of everything that I offer for those who need help with body image, intuitive eating, fitness, food, weight, and mindset. First, I offer group coaching now. So if you're interested in getting some expert support, some tough targeted love, schedule a free 15-minute discovery call at freedomwithfoodandfitness.com or click the link in my bio on Instagram at freedomwithfoodandfitness. On that same link in my IG bio, I have everything that I offer people. So I have the links to two course videos, which are both under $5 right now. I have free quizzes to assess your relationship with food and exercise, over 45 pages of free intuitive eating and fitness resources that you can sign up for. It takes literally five seconds. I have a form where you can ask your own question for a chance for it to be answered on the podcast. I have a guided meditation and so much more. Seriously, go check it all out at Freedom with Food and Fitness on Instagram. So have you guys ever just randomly started following somebody on Instagram and just kind of really gotten into their story and they're just, just just like a regular person, but you just find them so fascinating that you you keep following them and you keep looking at their content and eventually you're interacting with them so much that you feel like you you kind of know them a little bit. Uh, well, that's, that's kind of how I felt about Dana Matthews, who is our guest today. Uh, she is from Kansas City, Missouri, and she is a self-proclaimed mediocre, which I will contend, uh, mediocre middle-aged mom of four teenagers that fell in love with fitness and changed her poor body image. And she said she's still kind of a work in progress with that. Um, so today, you know, with today's episode, we talk a lot about um, binge restrict cycles and how she found running, which eventually morphed into her real passion, um, which is weightlifting. And she's she's such a, a badass um, on her Instagram, where she kind of brings her followers through her journey with weightlifting, uh, which is Dana underscore does underscore 44, which is going to be in the show notes. Uh, we talk about getting pregnant and how pregnancy actually saved her from disordered eating and poor body image and how she ended up actually after having four kids being a surrogate for three others, which is just so amazing and selfless to do for somebody else. Uh, How she's stopping the generational pattern of poor body image in her family with her two daughters and just why body positivity is so important to her. So without further ado, um, this is Dana Matthews. 
All right, so hi, Dana, how are you? I'm doing great, happy Sunday. Yeah, happy Sunday, I know, now I have to go back to work, this whole big thing, so. Uh. But um, I'm, I'm really glad you, you wanted to, to meet with me because um, your story is so interesting to me. Like I already was following you with Dana Does 44 and I just thought you were just like super cool and edgy and everything I wish I could be on social media, but, but can't be because, you know, I, I teach in a very conservative town. So I feel like if I was truly myself in that edgier yes. way, I would, you know. But uh, I just, I love how strong you are. I love um, all your lift days and I love your new tattoo. Can we see Thank your you. new tattoo? <laughs> of oh, course. Like I was it's my like, new favorite. that's freaking amazing. I can't, I love that. I, I love that. You what, have a piece of tattoo. <laughs> what made you decide to get that? Pizza is my very favorite food. Everybody knows how much I love it. And I'm like, you know, I'm getting a little bit more uh, uh, free with my tattoos and what I'm putting on my body. So I just went for it. So we'll see what happens next. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm going to have to talk to you about that because I'm thinking about getting my first tattoo. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's, it's addictive. <laughs> I, I can imagine. I really can. Um, so, so getting into, to who you are, you know, your, your self-written bio that you sent me was mediocre middle-aged mom of 14 teenagers that fell in love with fitness and changed my poor body image. Um, and you say it's still a work in progress. So kind of going back to that, what do you think contributed to that poor body image when you were growing up? I was always, I'm a twin. Um, I have a twin sister and she was, uh, she's was always, um, I guess you would say average sized, you know, just a typical teenage middle, you know, middle school and teenage girl. I think our body image probably for most of us starts, you know, fifth grade, somewhere around fifth grade or middle school. And that definitely was the case for me. So I was constantly comparing my sister who had, um, you know, was developing normally and, and uh, had an average, what I would consider typical uh, preteen girl body. And I was always extremely thin. Like that, that was what I, I was complimented on at all times was how skinny I was. My, I had the nickname bird legs. Um, so if anybody had anything to say to me, it was concerning either the fact that I was so shy and didn't talk or, or which just exacerbates uh, not wanting to talk because you don't want that attention put on yourself or it was how skinny I was. Mm -hmm. So that just becomes a part of who you are, how you identify um, with yourself. So it just became, I don't want to say it was an obsession because I don't think I ever got that far into it. You know, I've never had what I would consider necessarily an, an eating disorder, um, at least not as far as anorexia or, you know, bulimia or anything like that. Um, uh, but I would probably say I'm somewhat food overly food conscious, I guess. Um, so I just, it became constantly worrying about, was I still the thin person that everybody has always perceived me as? Mm -hmm. And just being overly cautious of how much I was eating, um, how much I was working out. Uh, you know, in high school, I lived out in the middle of nowhere and I would go every day, I would go for a three mile walk just because I wanted to make sure I, I was keeping that that thin image that, that that's how I identified with myself as. Right. So, so this label of thin was, was put onto you and then you felt the pressure to, to keep that up. That's exactly. Tough. That's tough. And so is that what led eventually to the, the binge restrict cycles that you talked about? 
Definitely. Yes. I can remember in high school very clearly I would, I would eat breakfast in the morning. And then I have also always had this very, um, and maybe it's more common than I think where I did, and I've gotten much better about it as an adult, but I did not like eating in front of people. I did not want people to see me eating. And I don't know if that was, a. am sure that was probably a part of my self-image of being thin. Um, how could I be thin if I was actually eating? Um, but I did not like eating in front of people. I did not, I was extremely self-conscious. So I would, I would eat breakfast in the morning in high school and then I would go to school and I would not eat again until I came home. Whether that was, I get off the bus at three o'clock in the afternoon and I shovel food in my face or many days, I, you know, I was staying after school for cheer or dance or track. And it could be, if there was a meet or something, it could be eight o'clock at night before I, I got home and finally ate again. And I did, I would come home and I would just eat everything I possibly could, because of course, at that point I was starving and you, there's no way to control what you're eating at that point, because you just need, you just need the calories. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so it definitely, it all just roller coasted into so many problems really. Right. But, but I do feel like I was lucky because it never, I don't feel, while that was not healthy, obviously, um, I don't feel like I ever got to the point where I was truly starving myself or my, my weight was maintaining, you know, I was, I was not over, I wasn't gaining weight. I wasn't losing weight. Um, I was probably managing to get the exact calories roughly that I needed every day, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, it just, it just can continue to build on itself. Uh, the older I got. And then of course I went away to college and I, I did gain the freshman 15, which in reality wasn't a big deal because at the time I was, it, it was just weight I needed to gain. Um, but then that just, that just made things even worse because now none of the clothes that I fit into when I was in high school didn't fit anymore. And of course, my, my brain at that time couldn't just rationalize that that was okay. And that was normal. It was, Oh God, what's wrong with me? I have gained this weight and none of my clothes fit anymore when really I just needed to go up a size and be a normal human being. So, right. Right. So, so all throughout high school, you were probably below your weight set range and you were kind of struggling to stay there. And then when you hit college, you probably hitting more what was what was supposed to be your normal weight all along exactly but of course yeah. you know our our diet phobic or, or fat phobic culture deems that the freshman 15 and they put yes. this label on it and yeah oh, okay so now you're in college um and when did you when did you pick up fitness i know you said that you started as a runner first it really wasn't until after I started, I, like I tried, um, you know, through college and before I started having kids, I tried like workout videos and I enjoyed those. Those were fun. Um, you're showing my age here, but at, at that point it was like, you, you would order videos from Netflix and they would actually send them to you and you would do them, <laughs> watch them and then you would send them back. So that's kind of how I got started on it. And then of course that transitioned naturally into beach body workouts when that, when they came out, like I, like I got into P90X and so I did those types of things for quite a while. And then, um, and then I had uh, my four kids and again, I just kind of continued with that kind of stuff. Um, the beach body workouts, that, those kinds of things. And then, um, I did a, my first, uh, surrogacy. I had a baby for another family. I carried a baby for another family and the mom was a runner and running was never something I thought I could do. I never identified myself as an athlete. And to me, running was you're an athlete. And I, I, I just never saw myself as that type of person. But I tried it and I went out and I ran and I did this thing called the um, uh, uh, couch to 5k um, and it takes you from not running at all to running uh, three miles oh, cool. and I did it and I was so proud of myself I could not believe me I I can run three miles I can I can do a 5k what that's that's 
what's wrong with me? What's going on here? I'm, I'm, I'm not exactly who I thought I was. I'm, I'm capable of more than I thought. Um, and then, so of course, if, you're, if any runners out there know, once you've ran three miles, well, now you've got to run five and then you've got to try 10. And, and before I knew it, I was running, I ran a couple half marathons. And then of course, once you ran a couple half marathons, you've got to do the marathon. So I did two of those. And, um, and so, and then I just slowly transitioned um, in, into the lifting where, you know, you've, you, it's just, you constantly want to keep adding to what you can do and see what you're capable of. Once you get a little taste of I can do something I didn't know I could do. You just want to keep going. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing. Um, you know, I, I always say with the caveat for, for my listeners, my followers, like as long as it's not coming from a place of self-hate or body dissatisfaction or disorder, like that challenge is great. Like that's why I love it. And that's why I'm trying to incorporate fitness into the intuitive eating space a little bit more because it's so much fun. It just, yeah. like if you're, if you're coming from a good place, it's fun. Yeah. And you know what, it's interesting before, before I started having kids and I was doing like the videos or, and even after like my first, my first child was born, I was still doing the videos. I didn't look forward to it. I, I was just doing it because I wanted to, to work off the calories I was eating. I, I dreaded it. I didn't look forward to it. I didn't want to do it. I hated every minute of it. But then once I started running and I actually loved it, it wasn't about how many calories I was burning anymore, or could I eat more food now? It was, I truly enjoyed it and I looked forward to it. And that's, that's the big thing I always say to people when they ask me how I stay motivated. It's, and it's not that I stay motivated. It's just that I really love working out. I found something that I really love and that's just what you have to do. You don't have to do what everybody else is doing. If you don't love running, don't run, don't make it another chore, find something you love. And then you just look forward to it. Right. And I mean, there are so many things out there that could constitute exercise. It could be lifting or running. It could be gardening or dancing or walking Absolutely. or, you know, and it's just, it's just, a, it's a matter of finding that thing so that it doesn't feel like work and it doesn't feel like exercise to gain food or, or lose weight or whatever the case yeah. may be. Now, yeah. other than weightlifting and um, running, if you still do running, are there any other physical activities that you partake in on a regular basis? They're really, I try to, to, to go walking because I do, I work from home and have a desk job. So I get in, if I, on a, on a good day, I might get in a thousand steps, which is just really sad. It's so funny that you say that though, because I just did a post recently about the whole 10,000 steps thing. Yeah. And it's yeah. so BS because like you and me, we're fit ladies. I mean, you can lose a lot heavier than I can, but it's like, I mean, I only get like maybe 1500 steps in on average just because I'm not yeah. walking up. That's not my mode of fitness because I'm a teacher. So I'm walking up yeah. and down, but I'm not not 10,000 steps worth. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So, so I've been trying to incorporate walking in, but it's just like, I'll have good weeks where I go three or four times uh, to the local park and walk the trail. And then there'll be weeks when I don't walk at all. So it, it, that's one of those things where I don't necessarily enjoy it. So I don't, I have not made it a habit. So it really is just right. And I have not been running in a long time. Um, it's like I kind of outgrew that phase and it's one of those things once I start hating once I started hating it and didn't enjoy it I just stopped doing it so and then every once in a while I'll get the bug and I'll go for like a, a three mile run which is really more of a walk because I don't really have my endurance anymore but um but for the most part I just do my lifting now that's awesome so do, do you do a form of cardio or is it just more straight lifting 
it's just lifting. I, I, I've come to the, the point in my life where I realize I do not enjoy cardio anymore. So I'm just not going to make myself do it. I get that question a lot from people. And it's like, so when do you incorporate cardio? I'm like, mm, I don't, <laughs> I just don't. You know what? That's, that's great. That's fine. Because I, I mean, I do it. I do it occasionally. I lift more than I do cardio. Um, but I feel like I just do cardio because I feel like it, it's good for me. And sometimes I enjoy it. It, dep it depends on the day, but like, if you gave me the choice, it's definitely more lifting than cardio, yeah. for sure. Um, so, you know, I I want to hear more about your surrogate experience because I was very surprised. I think I might have seen that on your page at some point, but forgot. <laughs> and then you mentioned it in the bio, and I, was, I didn't realize it was three three surrogates. Yes. So I did it twice. I had a little girl um, in 2010, and then I had twin boys in 2012. Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. So, so, yes. so I had, I have four kids of my own. I have a, my son is uh, almost 20. He's in college. And then I have a 17 year old daughter. She's a senior in high school. And then I have twins who are 14 and I loved being pregnant. I loved it so much. I loved everything about it. Um, and I, 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 I always joke that I think I discovered surrogacy through watching like a lifetime movie that I'm sure did not put surrogacy in a good light at all, but it was like this light bulb. Like I love being pregnant so much. I obviously I have four kids. I do not need any more children. I do not need to go through another pregnancy again and bring a baby home. Um, it was just like the perfect solution. It took me several years to convince my husband to let me do it but he finally cracked he's, and he knew he, he's learned when I get my mindset on something, he might as well just let me do it. So, <laughs> so yes. Uh, so it was an absolutely amazing experience. I, if you're the type of woman who you love being pregnant and you're done having kids and you just know, you just know that you can give that, that baby over when the time comes, I can't recommend it enough. It's just such an amazing experience. I have nothing but wonderful things to say. I, I have so much respect for you for that because my pregnancy was difficult. Um, and, you know, I don't know if I could, could, could give it away at the end though, as difficult as it was and as hard work as being a mother is, I don't know if I could, like, I have so much respect for you. That's amazing that you can do that for somebody yeah. else. Because I know that there's so many women out there. We had trouble getting pregnant and I, I know what that's like. And, you know, for you to give that to somebody is just so special. I always joke that my, our twins were extremely difficult. Like the first year we, it was just a blur. We hardly even remember mm -hmm. our first year with them. So I always joke that I think that you made it even easier to be a surrogate because I knew after that experience that I did not ever want to bring a baby home again, <laughs> certainly not someone else's. So <laughs> that's funny. Twins are hard. <laughs> um, so what, what exactly do you, did you like about being pregnant? I kind of want to to dive into that. just because your background of wanting to keep this thin ideal and a lot of women are very scared to get pregnant because they have poor body image to begin with so how did that kind of change the way you saw your body and that's you know what that's it all ties together doesn't it because I think I loved being pregnant so much because for the first time in my life I loved my body. I, there, to me, there is nothing more beautiful than a pregnant woman with a big belly. Like, and I can remember even being a kid thinking pregnant women were just gorgeous and I could not wait to have that belly. So for the first time in my life, when I was pregnant, I didn't worry about my body. I didn't worry how, about how many calories I ate. I didn't worry about if I worked out or not. I just loved my body and I enjoyed it getting bigger because that's what it was supposed to do. I couldn't wait to have, the, you know, the bigger my belly got, the more I loved it. So I think that is a very big reason why I love being pregnant so much because I could just enjoy my body for the first time sure. and how it looked. Sure. 
That's awesome. That's great. So do you think that that's what kind of healed you in terms I of just eating? Yes, because, because after that, that's when I really got into finding, enjoying fitness and enjoying, enjoying moving my body and working it out in a different way. Like, because before that it was all about, it was all about, you know, burning, again, burning off the calories. Whereas now it was, I found things that I loved. I, I knew what my body was capable of. It wasn't capable of insanely amazing things. And I could just appreciate it now and enjoy it and see how far I could take it to just appreciate it and change it the way I wanted to change it and right. not just be consistent. That's awesome. And that's so, you know, it, it, it's wonderful to have that be the way that you cultivate positive body image. And now you've kind of taken your own journey of body positivity and you've put it on your Instagram with Dana does 44. So tell us a little bit about how that started, how, how your Instagram following started. Actually, it started because I, I took up beach body coaching for about three months, uh, which was a horrible decision because I am an introvert. I have anxiety. Um, it, it was just a really bad idea, but for whatever reason, I just, I just gave it a shot only lasted three months, but that's why I started the Instagram is, is, uh, to promote my, my beach body. Um, but, I, and I just got, it was also a great thing for, for my, the whole body image issues, because I just started putting myself out there with my workouts. I was proud of what I was doing. I was proud of how I was starting to look, how my body was changing. And so I, I loved sharing that and putting that out there and getting, getting feedback and getting women who, who were motivated by, by my workouts. Um, and it just slowly grew from there. And of course, I, I don't know how old you are, but I am obviously 44. But when I turned 40, I, everything just changed. I stopped caring what anybody else thought. I mean, I still have my moments. I'm a woman in this society, um, but I, I just, I post what I want to post now. I say what I want to say. Um, and if you don't like it, you can unfollow me. That's okay. We're, I'm not for everybody and I don't, I, I don't have to be. That's okay. So it just has slowed. I, I really feel like the more over the past few years that I've become myself on my Instagram, uh, the more the following has grown and the more people I find who, who really get me. And it, it's amazing. I, I just, I, I've always kind of felt myself as a weirdo that um, being my true self, no one would really understand me. But as soon as I started doing that, the people who are weirdos with the same personality as me found me. And now we can all feel normal because we're all a little weird, really. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. You are so for me. Yes, I, I appreciate all your posts. I appreciate your your very straightforward, very blunt, very just like unfiltered and and authentic. And I think it's it's kind of hard to find people like that in the space. Um, so I really, really appreciate all of that. Thank you. Um, Thank you. That means a lot to me. Good. Good. I'm glad. And I'm 33, by the way. So Dana does 44, Alana does 33. <laughs> um, so why is positive body image so important to you? It, the, the biggest reason, well, the biggest reason really is because I have come so far with it um, to, to compare myself to who I was when I was say 16 years old and how I saw myself and how I see myself as a 44 year old woman it's, there's a world of difference. I'm, I'm not, I don't even recognize the 16 year old Dana anymore because I am such a different person with how I view myself. And it's, it's, 
so amazing to be able to wake up in the morning and be excited to go downstairs and work out and look in the mirror and be happy with what I see. Um, it's so it's, it's the most important aspect is to just be happy with what you see when you look in the mirror and be happy and confident with yourself. But almost as importantly, I have three daughters. I have three teenage daughters and I, I can see, I can see in, in, in one of them that she has a little bit of my body image issues, um, but not nearly as bad. Um, and my, then my other two daughters, I, I, I see that they are very confident. Um, they don't necessarily, at least they don't show it outwardly that they have body image issues. So I, I, but I do feel like, and they've told me, they've told me about the posts that I've made or things that I've said um, that make them feel, feel good about themselves and that it's okay to feel good about themselves. So I'm really, it's very important for me to show them that it's okay to be proud of your body and how you look and to, if you want to wear the, the spaghetti strap tank top and you know, it's okay if people judge you for, for what you're wearing. And it, this generation is so different than when, when I was growing up, you know, they can go out with, with their short shorts and their abs showing and be proud of it. I wish I could have had that confidence when I was their age. So it's just very important to me for them to feel good about themselves so that they aren't spending the next say 20 years trying to correct their poor body image if they can if they can already have a strong body image as teenagers then they are doing far better than I was at their age and who knows where that confidence can take them right in so many other areas of their life and I don't know I don't know uh your experience with your mother or your grandmother but like you might have were they body image uh, my my grandmother and my mother were both overweight my grandmother obese um and I, I do I remember my mother growing up always being on some type of diet weight watchers or or whatever the 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 big thing was at that time and always struggling with weight and, and never losing it um so yeah I, that probably certainly played into you know me not, uh, my my body image as well not wanting to get to that weight that they were continually struggling with and never could lose. That's awesome. It sounds like you kind of broke the, the generational pattern. I hope so. I that, is, that is something to be really proud of. That's amazing. That's so great to hear. Um, I can't believe how fast this half hour flew by. This was so much oh, fun really? to talk to you. I'm like, I'm like such a fan of yours. Like I just love seeing your posts. Um, so I'm going to ask you one last question. Um, what is your favorite lift day? Like, what do you like doing the most? If you had asked me this five years ago, I would have, uh, it, I would not believe what I'm about to say, but it is absolutely leg day. I, love I was going to so say, because you and close and how much you hate it sometimes. <laughs> it is a very much a love-hate relationship, but like my legs, again, I was always, you know, I was called bird legs when I was little. So my that's just my goal is to have quads. Like I want huge quads, a big butt. Uh, and those are not things that are going to come easy to me. Obviously I've been lifting for years and, you know, I'm happy with where I am, but I want to keep growing. And yeah, so leg day, it's so challenging. It's so hard, but it's like when you even just put another two and a half pounds on the bar and you squat it, it's like, it's, it's, it's exciting and keeps you motivated. So it, the challenge is, is insane. And it's just, I, I'm so proud of myself at the end of the workout just to have got, survived it. So definitely leg day. <laughs> That's awesome. Dana, thank you so much for taking the time out this morning to talk. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Of course. I'll talk to you soon. I'm sure. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye.
So that is it for today's episode. Seriously, of all the podcasts you can be listening to, I'm so honored that you took the time to listen to mine. I'm also so proud of you for taking this small step forward toward food and body freedom. If you like what you hear and you want to work with me as your coach, go to freedomwithfoodandfitness.com to schedule a free 15-minute discovery call. That way I can hear your specific needs and set up a game plan for your success. I would also be so, so grateful if you could subscribe, follow, rate, and review this podcast so many more people who need help with dieting, body image, disordered eating, and fitness can find our message of freedom. Until next time.